0: Hey guys, I'm Court and I'm Kate and you're listening to another episode of The Castle Chat. Hey friends and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-inspired podcast. Today we'll be taking the Little Mermaid classic original animated film and comparing it to its 2023 live-action remake. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it.
1: Hey, cork hey kate i want to be where the people are you do i want to see see what want to see them dancing see who dancing uh a cute guy okay. <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to throw you off there <laughs> well that's still true a cute guy dancing is still still works Well, we
0: definitely want to be part of that world, and we are so excited to be talking
1: about The Little Mermaid. I'm actually really excited about this. We haven't done a a digging deep, jumping into analyzing a movie in a minute. We haven't,
0: and with the release of The Little Mermaid in theaters for the live action, it felt like the perfect time to compare this new film to its original 1989 counterpart.
1: Yeah, so just before we even get started, preface. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Like Spoiler, the, spoiler, spoiler. If there, you haven't seen the movie. There are going to be spoiler alerts. We are going to talk about the live action film. If you have not seen it, pause this episode, go watch it, come back and hear what we have to say and see if it's similar to what you thought. But we are without a doubt talking about this new movie.
0: Yes, we're very excited. It's been out for over a week now, so we feel like it's time to talk about it. We're seeing people online do all the Little Mermaid content, so we are jumping into, we're jumping in headfirst into the water, we're diving on in, we're diving in, becoming mermaids and sharing all of our thoughts about these two films. So let's kick it off. We have a lot to cover, so I just feel like we do need to jump right in.
1: Yeah, I agree, and we're going to start with something that we always do when we do these Digging Deep movie analysis episodes. We want to look at the stats. Obviously, the new live-action Little Mermaid has only been out for a short time, so comparing it to the long-standing stats of the original Little Mermaid, is going to be a little bit off, um, but let's start off with talking about the stats of the original court. Okay, well, one of the stats
0: that we love to look at is Rotten Tomatoes. We love looking at the critic score, the audience score. So for the original animated Little Mermaid, it scored a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience rating of 88%. That's pretty high. That's really high. That's really high for Rotten Tomatoes. I
1: also feel like... Obviously, we're talking retrospect now that this movie has been out for a long time, but I feel like now that we have reached a different point in our culture and have modernized in different ways, um, the way that people talk about this film and how it represents women and the idea of what Ariel is doing in her plot, um, people really bash it. So for it to have a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 88% audience score, um, I think if you were to ask people now versus when that film originally came out, that might be a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I, I had that same thought, and it was interesting to me when I was looking up the Rotten Tomatoes for the new live action um, I saw that there was quite a difference in those scoring what was what were the scores for the uh, animated, this not is, animated. Sorry, the live action. This
1: is so interesting to me. So it got a 68% um, via Rotten Tomatoes critics, but it has a 95% audience rating so yeah. far. So people are loving it, but the critics maybe didn't didn't have great things to say about it compared to the original when it came out.
0: Yeah, it's hard too because I feel like anywhere if you get if you're close to that 70% range in Rotten Tomatoes, that's still pretty good. I feel like I feel like anything below 60. Is yeah. like womp womp, yeah. But still, like for it to be the difference between
1: the ninety two percent and the sixty eight percent, that's huge. To give you reference, I believe Beauty and the Beast got a seventy one or seventy two on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think so. Um, so not too far off from the ratings for Beauty and the Beast. Um, but yeah, regardless of a sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, people are saying they love this film. Yeah. Um,
0: we will give our opinions on. How we feel about the film later on, <laughs> we'll keep that a secret for now. But um, for the budget for both films, the original had a forty million budget, and the live action has a two hundred and fifty million
1: dollar production budget.
0: So yeah. budget wise, totally different ones: animated ones, live action. So budget wise, you're always that's always going to be so different.
1: Yeah, not only is it live action, but it's also so much CGI computer uh-huh. work, which I yeah. think is pretty costly when it comes to the actual production of filming people with all of this cgi equipment on and then taking that from literal film on the camera to then putting it into a computer animating system and making it look like the movie that we saw so um 40 mil compared to 250 mil is drastic yeah definitely and for the domestic box office for the original we saw
0: it come in at 84 million dollars during its initial release and then for the live action we have seen it come in as 96 million dollars over the first three days
1: yeah. Again, I'm always interested. I have not looked into this, but with inflation and the the dollar change, I wonder if if movie tickets back when the original Little Mermaid was released were at a certain dollar amount, and now yeah. they're at a different. Do they actually equate? Are they closer than they seem? Um, but there is, you know, based on that specific number, money brought in. Period. Obviously, the live action has been really popular. A lot of people have been out to go see it. Well, and for the original
0: movie, it has made $235 million in its total like lifetime um, worldwide. So just for comparison of like where the current, or I guess the original Little Mermaid stands today um but with the live action just for comparison um aladdin came in in its first three days around 91 million when it came out in 2019 so it's interesting to see how close kind of box office numbers are not close i guess that's still like five million dollars apart but that's like nothing in the movie world i feel like
1: (laughs) yeah i mean they're still they're ballparking close to each other um but i think that for disney this is showing them that even though they're taking old ideas and making them new in certain ways, it is working. Yeah. I mean, some people, I feel like when it comes to live actions, I've heard,
0: gosh, why don't you just leave the original the way that it is? Why are we spending time, you know, making the exact same storyline? But I would argue on that point that yes, it is the same storyline, but uh, every single one of these live actions that I've seen they have plenty of moments in their film where they are filling in a lot of plot holes from the original movies and we're getting a more rounded story to each of these live actions and i think that's disney's point and it almost makes i feel like it makes you want to watch the live action movie over the original because you just get a better storyline
1: yeah, that's, I think, my gauge and my hope for any live action that comes out. If I sit down and watch the live action, am I going to choose that to watch again in the future, or am I going to go back to the original? I think there's only one, maybe two, where I say, mm, I'm definitely choosing the original. What's that? I want to know. Lion King. Okay, yeah. Easy. I mean, yeah. I think I figured that was gonna be the one. You also, said. maybe Jungle Book. I mean, Jungle Book was one of the original live actions um, that Disney did. Dumbo, like some of the like classic old school animated yeah. films. Um, I recently watched Peter and Wendy on Disney Plus. I think I'd still go back and watch original Peter Pan. So interesting. Um, yeah, just a, a handful of them. Where if I am watching them and I say. Okay, if I were to ever watch The Little Mermaid, which one am I putting on? I think that lets me know if Disney did a good job in doing the live-action remake. Yes, I 100% agree. Still going to keep that on hold until the end of the episode to let you know how we feel. Yes. (laughs)
0: Okay, so if you have not seen The Little Mermaid or you are unfamiliar with a little bit of the storyline, we'll give you a quick synopsis. Both films tell the classic story of an adventurous mermaid who enjoys visiting the surface and ends up falling in love with a human who happens to be a prince. She becomes a human for three days after doing a deal with the sea witch that she must complete before the sunset on the third day or she turns back into a mermaid and belongs to the sea witch forever. She must kiss the prince within three days. That is the deal. That is the whole premise of the
1: story. And then anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. I think um, the mermaid just also happens to be technically royalty. she's she's a princess. Yeah, so it works out. Princess and a prince. Yeah, works out. That's why Ariel is one of the Disney princesses, I guess. Yep, yep, yeah. There we go. (laughs) Two plus two is four. She does um, (laughs) end up with a prince, but she also is a born princess of sorts.
0: She's like, I'm a queen too. I mean, a princess, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so
0: let's jump in to some of the immediate differences that we saw between the two films because there are some very like blatantly obvious things blatantly obvious is that yeah yeah yeah. yeah, blatantly obvious things Uh, oh my gosh words today are just hard anyways there are those items but then we also found some like really like nitpicky small like almost like spot the difference (laughs) I feel like I was looking at like those images where you have to try and find like the smallest thing that's different so we do want to mention some of just like the funny things that we saw or noticed that maybe you didn't catch or if there's anything that we say that or well, we don't say that you saw we want to know too because Disney has such a unique way of really taking each film and like adding and taking away and I I just love being able to try and watch and figure out what they did
1: yeah, this is the first time for me that I wanted zero spoilers. I did not look into th- like what the new songs were going to be. I didn't look into what the changes were going to be. Um, I didn't go back and watch the original before I saw the new to make sure that I had like fresh eyes for the live action without it being tainted by what my memory of the original was. So... Um, I think, like you said, it's kind of fun while you're watching the movie to be like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe they did that. Or wait, where, where is this part? Like, what is going on? (laughs) Um, So yeah, let's jump into some of the obvious ones that if you go and see this film, it'll be very clear that Disney did some changes. Okay. I think one of the biggest thing to mention, you mentioned
0: songs earlier. We do get three brand new songs in this film. Okay. What are your, just off the bat, what are your thoughts on these three new songs? Um... I like them. I like them all. I think they're all... There's three... Each one is different in its own way. And I do have a favorite out of the three.
1: Hmm.
0: And I'm curious if it's my favorite is the same as your favorite, but...
1: It might be. Okay, what's your favorite? Okay. um, I'm kind of one for three on these songs. Like, I like all of them. I think they're good additions to a degree, um, but there is only one that, like, I'm really just listening on I repeat. think we have the same one. Let's say it. Ready? Three, two, one.
0: Wild Uncharted. What? Nope. What? You didn't even say it. <laughs> I started saying it. You didn't even say anything. For Wait. the first time. <laughs> really? Yes. <gasps> I thought you would go for Wild Uncharted Waters because... I love Evermore. Because you love Evermore from doing The Beast. I was thinking, like, you really love that male song.
1: Okay, I do, but Evermore is still better, which is why... yes, Evermore is better. I will give you that. Yeah, so my my beef with uh, Wild Uncharted Waters, I think lyrically it's beautiful. I love that Eric gets his moment. I love that he's able to express why he's obsessed over finding this girl who sung to him. I think that that is such a great character development for him. Um, Like I said, lyrically and musically, it's very beautiful, but... I just feel like he's wailing like he is just really <laughs> singing like he's on a his big old ship and nobody can hear him so he's just like screaming singing <laughs> this song I get and that. I get uh, it. it's kind of one note like it doesn't build I feel okay. like Evermore okay. has a build to yeah, it yeah, I get and so it. I by get the time you get to the end you are, like your heart is ripped out for the beast but like with Eric I feel like he's like yelling and just really obsessed with this girl who sung to him the whole time Okay. All right. That's a valid I, point. I'll give you that. Uh, what is what makes for the first time? Num- not number one for you.
0: I mean, I like them all, honestly. I like I I like Wild Uncharted Waters because I I was loving Eric's character development. So for him to have his own piece, it felt so new. I think I didn't like for the first time as much as Wild Uncharted Waters because I, it was just. I wanted to actually see her sing it, but she didn't have... Like, spoiler alert, she doesn't have a voice at this point in the movie. It's all an internal thought. And I really wanted to see the expression of her singing the song.
1: She does at the end. At the very end. Yeah.
0: But But I wanted to see the song kind of in motion. And because we didn't get that, I feel like I was a little more disconnected to the song. I think it's still a phenomenal song. I love it. But that's what puts it like one step below Wild Uncharted Waters for me.
1: I get that. I think for me because of how I mentally process. I'm a very strong mental processor and I have an internal dialogue Mm. at all times. It made so much sense to me for Ariel to finally be human, finally be in the world that she's always dreamed about, and you get a song of all of the things going on in her brain. It's literally the song of her wheels turning, and we don't get that in the original. We don't yeah. get anything from Ariel other than facial expressions after she becomes human. And body
0: language.
1: Exactly. But I think that it is also a great moment of character development because you get to Experience part of all like her awe and wonder at being human, um, as she's like in the in the world on land for the first time. Yeah. For the first. Time.
0: Anyway, I always want to. Be, I want to just add like in forever at the end for the first time in
1: forever. Oh yeah, that we <laughs> very can, close to we, another song that I love from we can another, another film. Always throw in Frozen. <laughs> Don't worry about that.
0: Don't worry, Frozen will always make its way into any podcast episode.
1: Yeah, there is um, something with. Okay, so we're talking about songs. So before we get into Scuttlebutt, I do want to have a quick chat about Scuttlebutt. But before we get there, um, in For the First Time, we get a reference, in my opinion, to a song that is cut out of the live action that I think a lot of people were kind of upset about.
0: Yeah, I have been
1: hearing some feedback that
0: the lack of this
1: one's particular
0: song is like, oh, like,
1: that's such a good part of the movie. Why is it
0: gone? Which we have thoughts about that as well. So
1: Yeah, so what we're talking about is Les Poissons, which is the chef's song, Chef Louis. um, He has a song while he is cooking seafood um, in the original animated film. And he is talking about slaughtering all kinds of sea creatures to make delicious dishes, which is a very normal part of human life um, for a lot of people. But for this film that is meant to be live action and for it to look realistic, there would be a lot of gruesome treatment of animals on screen, which I think is why it's not in there. Do yeah, you have thoughts? Yeah,
0: I, and I agree. I, I think... They, with it being a live action, I think they made the right decision by taking that out, like you said, because of it being a little bit more gruesome and it's a PG movie and it just... Also, I feel like today with a lot of, you know, the animal rights activists and all that stuff, like, it was probably just a smarter move from Disney to just say, you know what, like, this isn't a major part of the film. This is just a side story that's going on. Let's go ahead and cut it and kind of throw something else in there instead. Um, So I, like, yes, I miss the song, but I'm I'm not like devastated I'm fine that scene is gone
1: give me for the first time yeah and and I will be totally happy so there is a there's a a moment and a line in um for the first time during the film where it shows tile work of like painted fish hanging on hooks Mm. and Ariel says are we only food for slaughter and so I think that that is like a subtle hint at like okay hey um we're like trying to portray humans in a light that says like yeah something they do do from Ariel's perspective is take people and well not people take creatures that are a part of her world ironic um and and slaughter them for food um so i think that's an interesting part of ariel's processing um But I think that it was, in my opinion, potentially like a nod to the fact like, hey, we know that this part isn't in the movie, but we'll incorporate the idea somehow. Yeah. It's like them trying to say like, we're trying to make it realistic.
0: We know that people eat fish Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. animals from the sea, but we're not going to put a whole scene in here where you see dead fish and seafood. Yeah. So I totally agree with you on that.
1: But let's move on to Scuttlebutt. All right, you get tell you tell the people what your thoughts on Scuttlebutt are. I have my own thoughts. Okay, so sitting in the theater,
0: Scuttlebutt comes on. Soon as, like, there's two seconds into the song, I'm like, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, up, down, left, right, like, knew it. And then later we found out that, yes, he was in it. Because I didn't know, I think this is all announced prior to the movie coming out. I didn't look at anything before going to the film. So I was very, like, okay, this makes sense. Um... I think it was fun. I think because it was Aquafina as Scuttle, it made sense for her to do a rap because that's really in character with just who she is as an actress. I don't know. I
1: I I, I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know if you enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. I felt like it was so left field. Like, I just felt like it came out of nowhere in the movie. And I do think it offered a little bit of comic relief, but I also felt like it was a little bit unnecessary. I didn't... A little extra, like a yeah. little much. Like, you could, they could have toned it down and, and still had the same effect. Right. Yes. I think that's my personal opinion. I also kind of have a thing with Lin-Manuel Miranda's style of writing being so identifiable, and it being in so many recent Disney films yeah. that it's starting to feel a little repeat-type songs for me, where, like, the um, Madrigal, like, the Family Madrigal song. Yeah, when the sped-up rapping ooh, moments. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, this new Scuttlebutt song. It's funny, it's cute, but like you said, as soon as you heard it, you're like, oh, Lin-Manuel. It's like... Did did we have... Because I I loved that Wild Uncharted Waters, and for the first time, felt like Disney songs. Like our classic, nostalgic Disney songs. And then the scuttlebutt thing kind of like ruined the vibe for me, personally. No, I
0: get that. I understand
1: where you're coming from. I feel like I... (laughs) I think I need to
0: just think a little deeper about songs because to me, I'm like, if it's catchy, I love it. I don't really care about the scenario or like where it's placed. I'm just like, it's a great song. So, so we
1: talked about this before, though, which I think is like relevant and important because everyone experiences songs in a different way. So for me, lyrics is the first thing I tune into, where for you, it's the the music, and, yeah, the, the beat, beat of it. Um, so and that's how like my husband, Sam, anytime we're listening to things, I'm like, can we change this? Like this song makes me uncomfortable. And he's like, why? And I'm like, are you listening to the lyrics? And he's like, oh, but the beat's really good. <laughs> like, yeah, but the song's yeah. really, really graphic. <laughs> like maybe we should change it. So for me, I'm constantly listening to I get that, the yeah. words of a song, whereas the music is kind of secondary for me. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what
1: makes us unique. Exactly. And special. I love having the, duo. I love having the, the difference of, of experience because it does, for somebody out there who loves Scuttlebutt, I mean that's great. Well now we wanna know, do you guys what well I guess what is your opinion
0: of Scuttlebutt? Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Are you in the middle? Let us know. Send us
1: a DM. Maybe we'll put up a, a poll. Yeah, P- we can put up a poll, opinion poll. Put on. up, put up a poll, put, put up, up a, pole. a poll.
0: <laughs> like we're over here, like, come on, Lynn, <laughs> put us in.
1: Whoa! Oh my gosh, I did not even planning that. That was great. Wow. Okay, you should be doing our jingles. What are, we, <laughs> what are we doing? Oh my gosh. Honestly, it's just I just roll with it. I love it. I just
0: roll with it. All okay, right. so while we're still on the topic of songs, I do want to talk about the lyric changes that we saw in this new live-action film. So why don't you kick us off with some of those changes?
1: So, yeah, we knew we knew that these lyrical changes were coming. We, like we've talked about Disney is trying to right some wrongs or modernize, modernize, make things make sense, um, for today's audience. And the first change, which I, um, to be completely honest, expected a lot more change than, than what actually came in this film. And I was kind of happy that they, they kept the changes as, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, as seamless as they did. Um, It wasn't overwhelming change. I feel like there have been a couple of other live actions where the change has been excessive. It doesn't Um, feel like the original song that you know and love and like have the nostalgia for. Right. So the first one we'll talk about is Kiss the Girl. So I think the biggest thing with this song that Disney wanted to make sure people were aware of is that they are aware that in order to kiss somebody, um, consent would be a great idea. Consent is great. Yeah, so so, um, the lyric change for kiss the girl goes from it, it don't take a word not a single word go on and kiss the girl to go on and use your words um, and so it's Sebastian while he's serenading is trying to somehow whisper to Eric that like all you have to do is ask her like just ask if you can kiss her versus the first one being like just plant one on her
0: like yeah it doesn't take any words just go ahead and do it like what are you waiting for right so, no, I think that was, and it, I think that was a smart change. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I picked up on it when it happened, and it, it sounded great. Like, I did I did it wasn't something like you said that, like, you'd be like, oh, this is a completely different song. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What's the other change we've got? Okay, so the other change we got was with Poor Unfortunate Souls, and I want to, Talk a little bit about something that I noticed in this song as well before I talk about the section that they took out. So in the beginning of the song, if you go back and listen to it, she talks about a lot of mermaids being like depressed, and the only way to cure that depression is to like grant their wishes, and if it, if it works, then great, and if not, if she takes their souls. But she was really talking about depression with like a negative stigma, and with the time of this movie coming out, I mean it makes since, you know, late eighties, early nineties, the impression that a lot of society had on mental health was wasn't great. It was a negative stigma. So to have that be in there, I picked up on it and I was like, Oh, this makes it seem like it's like really lame to I don't know, not really lame, but what I don't even know how to describe it besides saying that like it just if you struggle with depression it would make you feel really bad.
1: Again.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just bad with words, but
1: no, I, I get what you're saying. I think to a degree it was the way that she talks about depression to a to a small degree was trying to normalize it of like so many people have depression. So many people are unhappy. And I do think that that's kind of the direction we've gone with addressing mental health is that it is way more common than people give it credit Um, and you know, there are probably plenty of us out there struggling with anxiety, depression and other mental health, um, concerns. But, um, I also think that, um, the way that I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Do you feel like that's like,
0: no, yeah, I, I, I understand where you're going with it. I just wanted to mention it because it was something that I was like, "Oh, that like feel." She's as I was like listening, it like, it, fe- it like felt yeah, pitying them, mm-hmm. and it felt weird in this like modern age to hear that and be and feel comfortable with that. So um, that was one thing. But the main thing that they took out was an entire section. I don't even believe that they reworded it; they just removed it from the song all together and I wanted to read it because it's just so much but it says you'll have your looks your pretty face and don't underestimate the importance of body language the men up there don't like a lot of blabber they think a girl who gossips is a bore yet on land it's much preferred for ladies to not say a word and after all dear what is idle babble for come on they're not all that impressed with conversation true gentlemen avoid it when they can but they dote and swoon and fawn on a lady who's withdrawn it's It's she who holds her tongue who gets a
1: man. Oof. That is, that's that's hard (laughs) to hear. Yeah, it's a bad look. But here's the thing. Ursula is supposed to be a villain. Yes. She's supposed to be the bad guy. Uh And that is certainly bad guy vibes. That is bad guy vibes.
0: But I'm really glad they took that out. Especially with young
1: women watching the movie. Um... Yeah, I think that having, message just
0: doesn't need to be a part of the exactly, film. Exactly.
1: Yeah. We don't need to have that be in the song. Um, I do think part of Poor Unfortunate Souls when Ursula is saying, you know, you have your looks, your pretty face, and don't forget the importance of body. Like that was such a big part of the song. Um, in the original that like the whole the moment when she says body language and then starts laughing that's why I said it earlier (laughs) yeah it's it's very memorable so I do think that people will notice that it's gone Mm -hmm. um but you know, the song is still, I thought Melissa McCarthy did a good job at she did great, um, yeah. rendering this as her own new version of it. And I do think that it is um, wise and beneficial to just not have that mm-hmm. message of, hey, if you keep quiet, that's how you get a guy's attention. Yeah. Um, that's that's not what we're after. Side note, I do love the casting of Melissa
0: McCarthy as Ursula. I what? think that was a great cast move right there. She did great. I was impressed, honestly. Okay, so that's kind of it for songs. That's a lot, but that was a major difference that we saw in this film. What else do we have on our differences list?
1: Um, Some of the other differences that we'll get into are a little bit more minute, but I think um, something that people noticed um, was the change in Scuttle, period. Um, Scuttle in the original live-action film is uh, male seagull and in this new film, Scuttle is a female, and she is a different kind of bird. I forget the type of bird that she is in this film, but... I looked it up, and I saw a name, and now I can't remember what it is, but it is a type of bird that
0: can swim underwater.
1: Yeah, the bird dives for food and actually does swim underwater, and they also collect items for their nests, and so it is not uncommon for this type of bird to have human items from the ocean found in their nests, so it makes a lot of sense for Scuttle to be Ariel's go-to human um, textbook of sorts for her to find out what it is that she's finding because this type of bird a lot of times will take random human items and collect them for their nest one other small
0: difference while we're on Scuttle. I feel like I'll just rattle off some things here. Um, In the original, Scuttle is the one that helps Ariel find a dress when she turns into a human and she's kind of washed up to shore. But we don't see that in the new film because a villager actually finds Ariel and takes her into the kingdom and that's where they decide to get her all spruced up and stuff. So I think it's interesting that they took that out because it doesn't really make a lot of sense for a bird to dress a human.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. And then I think that kind of leads us into um, a, a good segue for one of the differences is just backstory and context for mer people versus humans, and why there's so much tension between specifically King Triton and the human world, yes. or vice versa. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit.
0: Yes, I love that you mentioned that because I think that really is a part that is missing from the original. You just kind of assume that they hate each other because they just hate each other and not like an actual purpose behind that. And I know you were talking about it earlier with me and it, it, it makes a lot of sense. So we find out in this film kind of the death of Ariel's mom and Eric's dad. So why don't you explain that a little more?
1: So um, the the intro to this new live-action film jumps right into men on a ship talking about the folklore of People and King Triton, the god of the sea. And they're talking about a coral moon, and when there's a coral moon, there um, is going to be trouble in the waters. The mermaids are going to sing their siren songs and lure the men to a shipwreck to their death. Um, and so I think that this makes a, ma- automatically just makes a lot of sense. We don't hear anything about siren songs. We don't hear anything about um, why humans and mermaids would be against each other. We, I mean, maybe a little bit in the original, but um, we find out that Eric's dad actually passed away in a shipwreck that I'm sure many people would probably blame on the gods of the sea. Um, I think that his mother in the film mentions that. Like, we just don't want to mess with the the gods of the sea. Like, we don't want them against us. That doesn't sound fun to me. If someone told me that, I'd be like, no, I'm stay away from them. But then we also find out that Eric is adopted and that he washed up on shore because of a shipwreck. And the king and queen adopted him and made them their son. Made him their son. And so, Eric is only a part of the kingdom as the prince because of a shipwreck and being adopted. But then his own father, the king, actually passes away in a shipwreck. And then on the opposite side of that, Ariel's mother goes to the shore or goes to the the surface of the waters and ends up being killed by humans. And so there's this really strong tension of you killed my parent in some capacity um, or the the world that you're a part of is the reason I have lost a parent which I think makes the desire for King Triton to make sure Ariel stays underwater um, much more relevant and makes sense he lost his his wife, his partner, the mother of his children to this world. And Ariel's so curious about it. And he's just worried she's going to get hurt. And it's the exact same for Eric. His mom doesn't want him to go out on the sea because that's how she lost her husband. And she doesn't want him to get hurt in that capacity. And the fact that they, the worlds that they are not supposed to be a part of, they're so drawn to because of the fact that their parents really want them to be restricted from it.
0: I, Out of all of what you just said, I think the most important piece of this edition is the development of Eric's character and storyline because he really is quite a mystery in the original so to see his adoption and to kind of see I guess I like a lot of the scenes where he's in the village and you see how the community feels about him and just like his impact I think it helps us understand why Ariel is also so gravitated towards him because we get to learn more about Eric we also see that in what the scene where we have Ariel and Eric in the library where we see that Eric is quite adventurous himself and likes to collect different items and store them in his library and he's sharing that with Ariel which is a scene that we don't have in the original film so it's just little moments throughout the entire movie where we see Eric's character really blossom
1: yeah that is something I noted quickly and was one of my um, favorite pieces of character development because Ariel and Eric's setup is so similar, but coming from opposite perspectives. Um, Ariel collects all of her human treasures in her cave um, or her trove in the, in the sea. And Eric basically has his own version of that. He collects items from his adventures and stores them in his little library. And um, I think that that shows their similarities, their desire and craving for adventure. Um, and their adventure is something that their parents really aren't excited about and not happy that they do. So for them to be able to connect on that, even without Ariel being able to speak, I think is a big part of how it makes sense that Ariel starts to have feelings and Eric starts to have feelings for the other because they're really very similar in how they approach life.
0: And I want, I'm so glad you said, just everything you say is like leading into the next thing that makes, that I want to say that I have written down. So I'm so glad that you're just speaking the way that you are. Um, But you mentioned feelings and something that is big with the new film is that we really get to see Ariel naturally fall for Eric differently than we saw in the original movie because in this film there is an additional spell that is put on Ariel when she turns into a human Ursula takes away her memory that of the fact that she has to kiss the prince within three days for the spell to stay the way that it is before she turns back or, or else she'll turn back into a mermaid and I actually at first I was like when I, I first heard that in the movie I was like well let's turn off how is she gonna how she can remember what's going on and obviously you see the animals really help her um get to that or achieve that but you i like it though because we do see that natural just like draw towards each other versus in the original ariel knows what her objective is and so it's it's not it's i feel like it's more forced
1: yeah i agree i think um not only the fact that Ariel can't remember the whole idea that she's supposed to get Eric to kiss her um, removes that like doe-eyed over infatuated teenage love struck nature to her character but we also get an opportunity to tune in more to her curiosity for human life and I think that that becomes the forefront of her experience while she's staying in the castle with Eric is that she's like Oh my gosh! I'm a human. Like that is yes insane. What are these people doing? What do they eat? What like let's try out dancing. Oh, a hat. What's this? Um, so there's like all of this curiosity, and I think more mature approach to like her experiences than when she's just like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with you. I love you. You need to kiss me.
0: Well, and I think that's to do with the fact that in the original movie, Ariel is. 16 years old and in the live action they have actually um they mentioned that she is 18 so I think not that you know an 18 year old is like the most mature person in the world but like I think you think about a 16 year old they would be more doe-eyed and obsessed and like wanting to like this love at first sight type of narrative whereas an 18 year old they're getting closer to 20 they're probably like okay I want to figure out myself I want to explore more things and I think that age change Help support the narrative of you know her adventurous side of her just discovering what it's like to be a human.
1: Absolutely, I, we we mentioned it very briefly, but I think kind of again having Ariel and Eric's um, character arc kind of mirror each other, but coming from opposite directions because Ariel's song is now described as like a siren song for like mythology and what a siren song is it's kind of like hypnosis it draws you in and there's no explanation as to why you want to follow it you need to cover your ears if you don't want it to lure you in um and so for her to sing over Eric and then Eric be obsessed with the girl who sang to him and that's why he's trying to find her And not really know who she is, it makes sense that it's a siren song that he heard and that it's kind of really gotten into his brain and made him obsessed. And also how when Ursula becomes Vanessa, that's what she uses. She basically hypnotizes him to say, you know, hey, I'm the one you're looking for. And when... Eric kind of forgets about the fact that he's heard this siren song and is just hanging out with Ariel. It's her herself without that siren song that he's falling for. Yeah. I just love that they made it way more realistic. Mm -hmm. They took away, they
0: really toned down this whole Ariel love struck and kind of put a little bit of that on Eric, but combined it with the siren song to make it make sense. Because I just, when I was watching the original, I was like, gosh, she's just so googly eyed over Eric. And it's just like that she can't get off of that. And I really, enjoyed that they toned that down
1: with this one agreed is there anything else that you want to cover for changes differences things that we want to um have a discussion about okay so i definitely want to mention that i
0: loved that we had a very large like village scene in this film I think I thought that in the original we got more of that but then when I watched it back I was like this is literally like a two minute section where it's like here's the village cool the day's over and then it's the kiss the girl scene but I really enjoyed watching Ariel engage with the villagers and go into the market and like explore what it's like to be human and dance and like do all the different things um with Eric like I love that and we do get a little special cameo moment Mm -hmm. during that time too who do we see?
1: We see the one and only OG Ariel Jodi Benson handing out some food in the village Um, I again didn't read any spoilers didn't look into this didn't know it was coming and as soon as it happened it made me so giddy and excited so um, good job Disney for getting that cameo I think that there are a lot of these remakes where if you can get an original character Character to participate it just adds value to what you're watching and it's also a way for those original cast members to basically nod and say like we approve this message we are behind and support the new cast in their roles and um, for Jodie Benson to be a part of the film was really neat but I feel like she truly has been such a champion for Halle Bailey and yes. her portrayal of Ariel she's not been um, I don't know, pretentious or, or arrogant or anything like that. I kind of, we've mentioned this in previous episodes, but the fact that Julie Andrews didn't want to pop into Mary Poppins Returns, mm. um, there was kind of all of this tension, I think, with some of the cast, um, with her not wanting to be a part of it. So for Jodie Benson to be able to, to pop in even just for a moment in the film, I think says a lot about her character just in, in general as a human, but um, yeah. added value to the movie for I sure. I think it was such a fun little touch. I,
0: I really enjoyed seeing her in there. I've loved seeing her support um, Hallie and just watching that all unfold. I think it's important to note that this is very historical for the casting that they did with Hallie Bailey. And um, it's been incredible to see um just so many african-american little girls that are just lit up and excited for them that they that little mermaid is black like i just love that they get to experience that
1: Yeah, I think that representation is super important, um, to grow up in a world where you never see a role model that is somebody that looks like you, um, is something that I personally, as a white female, haven't necessarily experienced, um, But to see the impact that it has made for African-American communities or minority communities in general, just to see that um, big companies, big movies are willing to change scripts um, and change roles to advocate for more representation. I mean, no, there's nothing saying that Ariel has to be a particular color you know skin color it's yeah yep. Halle Bailey's portrayal of Ariel I thought was phenomenal um and it was beautiful
0: it really was fantastic and to I see. was
1: not distracted or confused or anything by it it just was she just, just was Ariel it's just the way things should
0: be today like representation across the board I was really impressed to see Disney take this step it's needed it's it's just it's common sense and yep. um I'm just grateful to be a part of it
1: yeah, for sure. I um, hope that uh, any of you out there who have seen the movie see the impact that it is making um, just with the the casting. I mean, that says a lot. And um, I hope that it continues to be a way for us to pour into our neighbors' lives by n- acknowledging and noticing that changes like this are important. And um, that there, you know, if there have been people out there who have given any backlash or negative feedback on casting, I mean, we could go through a long, long list of casting of other movies that just um, don't make sense or kind of do the opposite and don't give the advocacy and um, representation that our country needs for, like I said, for people to grow up having somebody that's a role model that looks like them. Um, That's, it's important. So anyway. Wow, um,
0: beautifully said. Thanks. You're so good
1: with your words. You just take my thoughts and you actually
0: make them. You brought it up so I know. I, I, want, it, I We had to. Like yes. it, it makes the most sense for us to talk about that. So and also going along the lines of like representation but also just like women empowerment we see a lot of that in this film with Ariel really t- like physically taking back her voice versus the animals taking the shell and crashing it and her getting her voice like she's like no that's my voice it's mine give it back to me and we also see Ariel as the one that drives the ship into Ursula to kill her and it's almost just like her taking a stand for herself and being like no you can't do this to me I know my worth and we love a moment like that girl Mm -hmm. power yes I
1: I um actually really Enjoyed that moment in the movie where you finally see Ariel running, and she's like, "Heck no, that is my voice that she's got. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take it back. Yeah. It's mine." Um, and I, I love that moment for her. Um, so those are. Um, the, i feel like we we hit a lot of like oh gosh the there's main so points, many like little differences but too but yeah. like we
0: don't have time for everything so we definitely want to hear what did you guys notice that we didn't mention um so definitely send that to us in our dms but i feel like we should round out our time here just giving an overall opinion what do we think of the movie in is where does it i would guess where does it um lie on our rankings of live action films
1: okay and then also i want to tag on that what was your favorite new moment in the movie all right
0: okay Okay. so you go first with just your overall opinion of the film
1: okay overall opinion of the film if we are scaling and rating in the same way that rotten tomatoes does on a scale of one to a hundred hundred percent being absolutely perfect wouldn't say or change anything would see it a million times zero being I hate it never put that in front of my face again Uh, I probably get this movie like an 85 like it's better than for me like Beauty and the Beast probably like a 95 um I really love live action Beauty and the Beast um but I thought this film was really well done I thought the changes that were made enhanced the movie and the storyline. There wasn't anything that took away from it. Um, I thought the new songs that were added were really good. Um, the casting was really good. I enjoyed the the movie. There were some points in the CGI that, like animated uh, animated films, just have a very different like color and flair to them than the live actions do. So I think there's some nostalgia with the original animated film that is just very colorful um when it comes to parts of the movie like under the sea the under the, the the song under the sea the portrayal in the new live action is made to be very realistic it's still colorful and beautiful but the like 90s nostalgia or 80s technically yeah. nostalgia um for the film in certain parts um kind of go up and down but i give it between like an 80 85% i think
0: Okay, I'm right in line with you. I would definitely rate it in that percentage as well. Similar opinions. I love the songs. I think the CGI was incredible. I think that's what I love the most about This film is the technology behind it because you see those underwater scenes and you know it's like it's all CGI but it literally looks like you're right there underwater with them so I think it's super impressive just the way that they filmed this movie I think the the sets that they have in place for Eric's you know Caribbean island area that's also great but it's the underwater scenes for me that that really like blow my mind and i just love the way that they that all came together so uh, i think it's a great film i also think the beauty and the beast is better because i love Beauty and the beast i would put it in the same category as like aladdin for me i'd also because um, that was also a really good movie but not like my favorite favorite but it's definitely um like way better than like the lion king yeah <laughs> or, like dumbo i don't know yeah. i just have i just those are so low on the totem pole for
1: me that Ooh, Mulan would a thousand percent always watch the animated yeah yeah Mulan was yeah oof that was one that just came to my mind that
0: was tough that was a tough one but I wish I do wish we had seen more costumes in this film but I know it's hard because they're mermaids so like they're not really wearing clothes anyways but um one thing to know is that we see Ariel wearing the same blue dress The whole film, basically, until she's wearing her dress at the very, very end. Whereas in the animated, we see her pink dress, we see a blue sparkly dress, we also see another blue dress, and then we see a wedding dress. So I feel
1: like we could have seen more costume-wise from this film. I think we could have, but I also think, again, the fact that she's only wearing one dress makes sense um, from a realistic standpoint. She, in the original live-action film um, is kind of treated like she is a guest of the Queen and Eric like takes her into the castle because people think she's been shipwrecked and she just washed upon shore and they're just being kind to her. So they're not dressing her in these lavish dresses like she wears a big Poofy sleeve pink dress in the original, um, and then in that time frame, like with the type of clothes that they're wearing, we're assuming it's a very early, much earlier time period. They probably are only wearing one or two outfits. So yeah, true. Maybe it was. I just want to see. I realistic. just love. I just love costume. Like I think about Aladdin, all the
0: costumes that was like so mind blowing. I guess they're like, well, we were spending enough money on CGI, so this is what we got.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I again, I think the context of that, like Jasmine being the main. Um, focus for costuming is a princess and she's meant to have several very lavish outfits yeah okay. so your point makes sense I think it's, it's like I get it like I, I love having the different costumes it's exciting and fun to look at but from a realistic like if Disney's trying to be realistic in their portrayal they really only needed the, the one dress
0: yeah makes sense alright well overall great film we loved it i think we'll probably go see it again maybe in theaters or wait till it comes out on disney plus but if you haven't seen it yet and you've already listened to this episode then you didn't follow our instructions at the beginning of the episode <laughs> and i'm sorry we just spoiled everything for you wait, but
1: you didn't say your favorite part
0: what's your favorite new edition oh, sorry okay my favorite new edition i think
1: it's all the village content it's a good one it's, the village content is super fun. I don't think I had really envisioned Eric's Kingdom as, like, strong Caribbean um, vibes based off yeah, of the first one. I really one. liked that part. Yeah. I liked seeing
0: all the community and mm-hmm. everything all together. So Yeah,
1: that was a super fun part. Um, I think one of my favorite new details is the fact that there is an actual Little Mermaid. Um,
0: oh, yeah.
1: I, I That's a cute little part, yeah. I, like, I get... I guess why they named the film The Little Mermaid because maybe based off of Hans Christian Andersen's story title um but also the fact that Ariel's like the youngest of the mermaids, so she's like the little mermaid um but I loved that um Eric had an actual like figurine of a mermaid and gives it to Ariel and says that she should keep his little mermaid and then it comes back at the end of the at the end of the story which is super cute so I really liked that random detail I love that that's fun (laughs) I forgot I had forgotten about that so I'm glad you brought that up man okay well thanks
0: guys so much for just hanging out with us we are gonna end our time together with our normal little segments so we are gonna kick things over to kelly and we'll see you at the end
2: of the episode hey all this is kelly from kelly's magical vacations the official travel partner of the castle chat and i am so excited to bring you today's trip tip If you're looking for the least expensive time to visit Walt Disney World, I highly recommend the summer. While it's hot to go during the summer, you definitely can take breaks because you're going to have the lowest crowd levels that you'll see throughout the year. There's also several promotions that are going on right now, including a ticket that's $99 per day per person for four days. In addition to that, there's also some great room rates that are available. If you're interested in checking that out, make sure that you reach out to the Castle Chat through the link in their bio and they'll make sure to get your information to me be sure to head over to Kelly's Magical Vacations on Instagram for all your Disney tips and tricks. And if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can head to the Castle Chats Instagram. Click that link in their bio and there will be a form that you can fill out so that we can start planning and I can help you with everything from your accommodations to your tickets to your dining and everything in between.
1: Small shop shout-out. Small shop shout-out and I want to sing a song. Okay, I rate that jingle on a Rotten tomato score. I rate that as a 99. Whoa, that's insane. I was going to
0: give it like a 35. You know, but you're you, you're your own worst critic. I'm over here to hype you up, girl, and say that that was that. fantastic. We are back with another small shop shout-out, and we are shouting out a shop that we have shouted out before, but they just released a specific apparel design for the Little Mermaid and I was like we have to shout them out again this is too good so we are re-shouting out my oh my supply co you may have heard them and if you haven't you need to follow them on the socials they have an adorable part of your world antiques shop shirt that has like all the thingamabobs on it on the back it is so chic and cute and adds to cart immediately
1: yeah, I... Definitely gives me um classy beach girl vibes, um, the way that it is designed. And obviously with Ariel being a hot topic right now, it is a super cute one to grab, one to wear in the parks, one to wear on a beach trip, why not? Yeah. Um, and I just love the the marketing and the branding and the design of everything that my oh my supply code does. So if you aren't following them on social media, you certainly should be at my oh my supply co and definitely check out their website to grab some of their merch it is so trendy and cute and cool and it should be in your closet i love it i love it well guys thanks so much for spending time with us
0: today on another episode of the castle chat but for now we'll leave you what we always leave you with which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go
1: make it magical see you real soon bye guys bye Bye.